I like to say hello and welcome you. Good day, that is my name. Come here and sit down. I'm so glad you even really truly came. We can even go and take a walk or something like Hello. Hello and welcome back to Cast Party. Uh, what do we do here? I don't even remember. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, our first episode of the year came out on the first, and now yeah. it, we're recording. It's the twenty fifth. Yeah, it's our every four weeks podcast, something like that. Mm-hmm. I remember a Monday passed, and I was like, mm, probably should have been a podcast on that day. Yeah, um, that day was two weeks ago. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> we just can't really look. Dave is a professional. Mm-hmm. And has a kid, mm-hmm. and I don't want to drive over here all the time. Yeah. So, um, well, and for the last two weeks before this week, I was at, I was at work till minimum of nine o'clock every night. So it wasn't, uh, wasn't real likely that I was going to be free. Yeah, and I was out of town last weekend. <laughs> yeah, so, that'll do that. Anyway, this is not an excuses podcast. This is a freewheeling pop culture podcast. It sure is. Sometimes it's just a movie podcast, though. Uh, pop culture is movies. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, Mr. Complainy, why don't you uh, bring up something that's not a movie? Just off the top of my head? Yeah, do it. <laughs> I was watching The Good Place last night, and it's real Yeah, good. I don't watch that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know no, you don't I've, watch I've heard that. it's great. I watched the first episode, and I, I actually really enjoyed it, but mm-hmm. I just haven't. I know, because you're too busy watching horror movies. Mm-hmm. But you know what? You know and what? And The Greatest Showman. Oh, yeah. I saw that twice. By the way, greatest showman update. I came back on the first day of school after winter break and pretty much all of I'm I'm exaggerating. Several of my drama kids or people that I work with were mm-hmm. like, "Oh my god, have you seen The Greatest okay, Showman?" Thank God. Cuz it 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 basically failed on its first weekend. Mm-hmm. Um because it came out the same time as Jumanji and Pitch Perfect 3 and right before Star Wars and Yeah. But once everybody watched all those movies, mm-hmm. now they're watching The Greatest Showman. Yeah. And it's had and this And they'll see. <laughs> it's had this really quiet groundswell of box office mm-hmm. and it's doing super well now. And it just right. took a couple months for that to kick in. No big deal. Yeah, I I, I do want to thank myself for yep. making this happen. You're Good welcome, job. everybody. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Um, our our dozens of listeners really watched The Greatest Showman a bunch of times. Probably. And paid full price IMAX for it. <laughs> I would have seen it a third time. Yeah. But, well, because Sergio and I, we went to Prim Valley, which is the fake Vegas on the border of Nevada. Oh. Um, just because he got like a discount to the hotel there. And it okay. was essentially free. So we were like, okay. Okay. Sounds good. Um, and there's a hotel there called Buffalo Bills that is a very tacky, like Southern themed hotel. I'm finding that hard to believe. Mm-hmm. And they have a, a little movie theater. It's a one-screen movie theater, and we were trying to guess what it was playing because mm-hmm. they're like probably Den of Thieves or something. Dumb. Yeah, Den of Thieves. Ugh, no way, no thank you. Um, or Forever My Girl, which we did see that weekend, but not at that theater. Um, that's a movie about a country star who um, like ditches his fiance, Ooh. and then he comes back eight years later, and the fiance has a kid, and he's like, "Well, damn, my kid." Oh my and god, that was like, a good accent. Again. I want to nice. be a good dad <laughs> to Billy, cause that's the name. Oh my! And then Josie, the fiance, is like, "I don't know if I can trust you. Mm-hmm. This can't go farther. I'll let you into Billy's life if she wants you to." Which which uh, country does it take place in? Estonia. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> okay. Um, Keep going. So you so you went to this one. Place. We did anyway. Sorry. So at the plex. theater, they were playing The Greatest Showman, and we so would have buckled down and watched it like three times in a row, but it wasn't playing that day. It was only oh. a weekend theater, and we were there on a Friday. So that's unlucky. It was so unlucky. We could have contributed to its Mondo box office. Yeah. B O. That stands for box office. I got it, but it was weird that you said box office B O. I forgot that I said the first part. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, have the good place. It's season two. Is it? I heard it's good. It's really good. I heard there's twists and turns. Yes, it's really good. Okay, it's really good. It's really funny. God, it's so funny. I'm like, I need to watch it all over again. It's so funny. I really, I will, I will, I will. Um, it's it's the kind of show that um. Uh, and I actually experienced this with even like The Office, which I loved. I would watch The Office. And I'd be so intent on following the plot uh-huh. that the humor would kind of go past me and I'd be like, okay, yeah, but what's going to happen? And then I'd have to go back and watch it again to like absorb all of okay. the amazing jokes. And from what I can tell, Good Place is a very plotty show. Yes. Like surprisingly so. Like it's serial. It's not like a sitcom. Yeah, no, it picks up the moment. Each episode picks up the moment after the last episode. I mean, it, there's never like a... Sometimes there might be a jump in time, but very often uh-huh. it's like... You almost are like, wait, what happened? What just happened? I'm trying to remember what the, what are the what's the plot right now? Um, but boy, is it good. Okay, I, I do. I've been meaning to look for other shows because mm-hmm. all I'm watching right now is Crazy Ex Girlfriend, which mm, is great. Still, that's a good show. And SNL. Okay. Um, but I could I could take on one or two more shows into my. It's a easy. It's a 20 minute. Yeah. Sitcom, so it's it's an easy watch. It's on Hulu. I'm into that. Also, this is not movies. Yeah. Um, my parents or. It was just my mom's birthday. Happy mm-hmm. birthday, mom. Hi. And dad got her a subscription to Showtime for mm. her birthday. And we together watched the first episode of Smilf. I've heard that's good. I don't know what it is. It's 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 single a, mother. Yeah, yes. single mother I'd like to be friends with. Yeah. Um but yeah, then, uh maybe not a show to watch with your parents. But yeah. I don't know, my parents are pretty cool. So yeah. whatever. <laughs> um it's basically a show about like a single mom who's trying to be an actress and trying to date and trying mm-hmm. to like navigate all these things. And it's surprisingly like bitingly funny and gross. Mm. And there's a lot of nudity. Of course it's showtime. Yeah. They do it's love a requirement. that. Um, but not quite, it doesn't feel gratuitous. Mm-hmm. It's like actually like it's used for something and it's this kind of semi autobiographical thing of the lead actress and she's super good. Yeah. And so I want to watch that. And I will try to watch The Good Place also. Yeah. TV. TV. We'd covered it. Uh-huh. And speaking of things, I don't only watch horror movies. Yeah. Because this last week I did watch Paddington. Oh, The yeah. original Paddington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Because you brought up how much you really liked the first one. Yeah. And I was shocked because I had heard nothing about Paddington. Yeah. Because I, I don't run in those circles. Right. <laughs> the talking bear circles. Yes. Um. So, yeah, I was like that movie completely just escaped my mind i was mm-hmm. like yeah it's a thing i never really noticed it but paddington 2 has been getting rave reviews yeah across the board yeah so sergio and i were like all right let's watch this mm-hmm. it was really good dave isn't it really good it's like it was so sweet yeah and charming and nicole kidman is great as yeah. the villain yeah and it's it like the talking bear is funny in yeah. some way and and that like i said it's a bunch of like cliched hackneyed things where you're like oh, oh for sure oh boy but then they managed to make it fun and it's funny and 
feels unexpected, even though you're like, oh boy, he's going to get in a bunch of trouble again. Yeah, and he's going to teach them what it means to be a family. Yeah, and I don't like movies where one character constantly does the wrong thing and you're like, no, it's all going to go wrong. Why would you let him be alone in the bathroom? But there, there was like a, there's a level of humor to it. Part of it just being the fact that they kind of accept that he's a talking bear. Yes. And I nobody ever that. talks about yeah. that. And they just, they're like, well, uh, you know, you're a bear. Like, and the dad like, uh, does, does our insurance cover bears? Yeah. <laughs> that was so good. Yeah. And, um, I was really confused. I genuinely thought he was a magical teddy bear, like Ted. Oh, yeah. I didn't know. Have you read the Paddington books I have. as a kid? So is he a bear? Yeah. Okay, I he, never it's, knew that. It's exactly the way it is in the movie. Okay. Like from Darkest Peru, all those things are, uh-huh. and the marmalade thing. It's he, Yeah, I figured the marmalade was a key character trait, yeah. but I was a little mystified by that. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's also, it's just very English, but it... There's like a level, like I said, it's almost like this level of humor that's behind everything where, you know, they, the way that, that everybody talks and it's like, yeah, you just accept that he's a bear and they name him Paddington because of Paddington Station. Yeah. And, it, 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 it's, it's so good natured. Yeah. And just, we don't get things like that a lot. Not anymore. a lot. And genuinely well made. Yeah. Like it was... It's, it's, the colors are so lush. Aren't the colors beautiful. great in that yeah. movie? It's so fun to watch. It's ridiculous. And it's this movie that I remember when it was coming out. I was like, oh, oh no. Yeah, like another. Like, it could easily have been like the Garfield movie. Like, yeah. Let's put a CGI yeah. dum dum into this movie. And okay, so I do have a little bit of like family history with Paddington Bear, and like I, okay. I was like, oh no, they're gonna kill Paddington, and it's not gonna be anything like the books, and it's gonna be this dumb, you know, it'll be like some wisecracking thing and then it was so not probably because it's so english it was so well done. yeah it was so parochial and yeah. like small and quiet mm-hmm. and it was just so sweet yeah and there are a lot of these little fun little filmmaking phillips everywhere mm-hmm. like there's the scene where he's lost at the station and sally hawkins and her family find him he's mm-hmm. sitting in front of the lost and found yeah and like the the sign above him is burned out, so it only says lost. But then right. when they show up, it flickers to life and it says found. Yeah, and it's just like little things like yeah. that that did not have to be there, mm-hmm. but somebody thought to put them in there. Yeah, little background jokes that. Yeah, like yeah, definitely. It's so good. Yes, and, and uh, what's his face that played Doctor Who is Peter Capaldi. Yeah, Peter Capaldi is in there being Racist. weird, weird and great. <laughs> Yeah, no, it that that movie is explicitly about accepting immigrants yep. into England, and mm-hmm. I heard that the second one doubles down on that. Yeah, in a like post Brexit kind of way. Yeah, which I'm so into. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I really like that movie. Also, I don't know. I don't usually like movies with animal protagonists, mm-hmm. but I, I think because it was an animal in a human world and he was anthropomorphic, that wasn't yeah. something that really bothered me. Yeah. But like like the Homeward Bounds or the Lion King, I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. But also, Sergio sat me down to watch Babe. Okay. Um, I'm sure I'd seen it as a kid, but I remembered literally nothing about it. Yeah. Um, I loved Babe also. Babe is, re- Babe is really good. I, Babe was nominated for Oscars. Yes, it was. I I don't know what's going on. My heart has been opened this Dude, month. It's happening, yeah. Um we also watched Babe Pig in the City, which is fine. It's good. Okay, I never saw that one. Um it's very dark. It's much darker than the really? original Babe. Interesting. And it's 
it, that one was the original Babe was produced by George Miller, who mm-hmm. made Mad Max. Okay, but the second one was directed by George Miller. Oh wow! So it's very bizarre. And all the animals are wearing like metal uh, costumes and stuff. Kind of. Yeah. All right. Lots the, of chainmail. The, the costume design for the humans in the movie, just really disgusting, and oh, also. Yeah just really beautiful and crazy yeah like there's a landlady character who looks kind of like uh audrey from little shop of horrors like very angular and like a pixie haircut Mm -hmm. and she's great mickey rooney is in it as a non-speaking decrepit clown oh man it's the most disgusting thing yeah it like literally you don't the first time you see him he's not in costume but he he's coming in he he has like a bunch of chimpanzees and they're like the talking of course chimpanzees yeah because um, you need those for his clown act mm-hmm. um but he comes in and his his hair looks like Danny DeVito in It's Always Sunny like just oh, sticking up yeah pure gray he has ice cream smeared all over his face yeah and he doesn't talk he's just like uh, it's disgusting that's, that's terrible anyway I enjoyed that one uh-huh. but the original Babe perfect it's a really perfect good. movie isn't it great yeah I. I don't generally give nine or ten out of tens to movies that I watch for the first time. Mm-hmm. But I gave the movie a ten out of ten, like right out of the gate. I was like, I love this movie yeah. so much. Isn't it funny though that both of those, like both these movies that we're talking about, are like very simple, yeah, and just just well done. Just yeah. every part of it is well done. The script's great. The acting's great. The you know the voiceover work is great. The effects are great. But nothing flashy is happening. They just have some animals walking around. Yeah, they're they're bucolic. They're mm-hmm. picaresque. Other smart why do you, words. Why do you say things like that? Then I have to pretend I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Your fancy film school education. I mean, those are just words. So yeah, didn't learn that in film school. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't like, here's how to tell when a film is bucolic. <laughs> what is bu? It sounds like alcoholic. What is bucolic? It's like, uh countryside like like parochial like the word i used earlier yeah that i pretended to know what it was uh, it, it's like a charming and small and like mm-hmm. uh naturey i have to move because the sun is coming yeah the sun's the trees. actually coming out yeah it's been crazy weather this week <laughs> yeah doesn't matter though um anyway did hmm. i guess we're talking about the oscar nominations yeah that was our plan? let's do it okay I Let's printed them out. Okay, good. I didn't want to waste paper, so I deleted all the short film and documentary categories. How dare you? Because who Kobe could care? Bryant got nominated for something. That is cool. I mean, I did that. I think it's weird that it played at the halftime of his, uh, when they hung up, they retired his number and they played his entry to the Oscars for the audience. It was That's very strange. Cool. I'm into that. Um, also, okay. Uh, snubbed in the animated short category, uh, Olaf's Frozen Adventure. Come on. Did you see that? No. Okay. Did you see Coco? No. Okay. That makes sense. Um, yeah, we haven't seen Coco. Jack had no interest in seeing it. That's fair, but Coco's really good. I know. I know it's good. All of my high school students told me so. Uh huh. <laughs> um, About how hard they cried, which you, you know me. Tell me how hard you cried in a movie, and I'm there. No. Okay, Not look. At all. The. The crying thing, Pixar always has the heart string plucking moments, and mm-hmm. this has the requisite ones. It's good for other reasons than that. Yeah. For so many other reasons. Yeah, I want to see it. Um, but yeah, so a Pixar short did get nominated. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is this? I've never seen this. Where mm-hmm. where did it come from? And then I realized it played before Cars 3, which I never saw. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> anyway, uh, Best Picture nominees. We did, I mean, we talked about the Golden Globes. This yeah. is kind of, I mean, this is actually a way better list than the Golden Globes. Like, yeah. Across the board. Um, Call Me By Your Name, which is, of course, you know, the gay one. Uh, <laughs> I had... I, I wrote a review of Call Me By Your Name, which I liked but didn't love. Yeah. Um, and my blog friend from Pittsburgh left a comment, which was the best comment I ever heard, where he was comparing it to Brokeback Mountain and Carol, mm-hmm. saying that they were movies that proved that gay people could be boring too. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I haven't, I don't know that I ever got all the way through Brokeback Mountain and I didn't even try Carol. So. Yeah, I did like Brokeback Mountain. It took me years to bring up the courage to watch it, mm-hmm. but I did enjoy it. And also, mostly for Anne Hathaway's increasingly preposterous wigs that show how much time has passed. Because <laughs> this movie covers decades, and it's like, it's the 80s now, so her platinum blonde wig is really huge. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, Darkest Hour, which that I called it. Did you remember? I said, remember, I I was like, we were in the movie theater, and I was like, up, oh, there's a that's oh, yeah, gonna the, be an Oscar the movie. Gary Oldman as Winston Churchill. Yep. I that's just the weirdest one out of this list. And but I, I how like could it's... you be shocked the moment you no, saw no, no, the trailer? No, 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 I know, and I'm I think it'll win. You think it'll win overall? Yeah. <laughs> and everyone who's totally ignoring it, they're like, oh, call me by your name. It's so yeah. picaresque. Or uh, <laughs> or three billboards. It's so controversial I, I didn't like yeah it. i didn't like three billboards oh, okay um i know jack loved it so it's probably yeah. causing a rift in your <laughs> relationship yeah but um and like get out is so relevant and Lady Bird is so good and darkest hour is totally gonna win that or dunkirk which is also nominated oh yeah dunkirk could win i it's been i'm trying to think when was the last time that a the best picture was really like i feel like um what's it called crash well, that 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 was the like generic one that people were like, oh yeah, because there were other movies that people were excited about. Yeah, exactly. It was th- so. This could be and that. I don't. I don't think there's been any like no, that. Two lately. years ago, Spotlight won. Yeah, and that was the most generic Oscar baiting movie. Like literally, Mad Max Fury Road was nominated that year. I know. Like a lot. I I knew that was gonna win. Yeah, but like there were a lot of way more interesting movies. But the what I I mean spotlight that year everybody was talking about it like that wasn't one like the darkest hour i haven't heard a single conversation about it like people were like oh oh it's a really good movie but there was like debate on whether it was that one or the big short right wasn't that the same year yeah and and then i can't remember the other there were some other movies that were revenant maybe um but it was yeah it was like which of those movies but i i spotlight i heard people talking about but yeah you're right i guess it it was a little bit of a surprise i just think because initially like months and months and months before the oscars spotlight was the front runner yeah but then so much other stuff happened and movies came out and people were like oh this movie's a front runner and this one and everyone forgot about spotlight in the like at at least the oscar guessing community yeah the oscar guessing community there's a big i know they are i don't know why i don't understand i don't know where they get their information no one ever knows Oh, no, I know. There are people and, who claim to be and, experts, and they're always wrong. And they probably lead to changing the way things go because people are still voting. 
And they're out there saying, well, this is going to get the most votes. And the people are like, well, I don't want to vote for that one. I'm going to uh-huh. vote for this one just to be different. And then Crash wins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm I'm thinking either Darkest Hour or Dunkirk will win. Mm-hmm. Then you you said it would happen. I didn't believe you. Get Out was nominated yep. for Best Picture, which yeah. is awesome. It is awesome. And I knew it would happen. It's It's exactly the kind of movie that they expanded the category for. That's a good point. I mean, if Mad Max could get in. Yeah. But there's always one. There's always one where you're like, oh, cool. It's not going to win, but that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, just I I honestly I never thought like the Oscars have not nominated a, nominated a horror movie mm-hmm. for Best Picture since 1991 with Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. And then before that, the only other movie was Jaws, which is barely a horror movie, although it's pretty scary still. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's just like I'm happy to be proven wrong in this case. Mm hmm. And then we got Lady Bird. Yes. Which I really liked. Yeah. I honestly, out of the slate, that one is my favorite. Okay. I don't know if I want it to win, if that mm. makes sense. It just doesn't feel like a best picture movie. Like, it's just so quiet and slight and yeah. delightful mm-hmm. that, like, it feels like it doesn't need an Oscar. Right. For best picture. Right. Wouldn't it be nice for a movie that is like that to win though no you're right <laughs> i don't know if i can reconcile my feelings about it but i did love ladybird yeah i mean i i have a lot of thoughts just in general about the oscars but one of them kind of comes down to like we have been trained that this is a best picture style uh-huh. the darkest hour is the yeah stare i mean it's probably three hours long nothing happens in it and it's one person at the sun i don't i mean i don't know i don't know what it's about yeah i know he gets on a train at some point talks to people yeah there's a lot of like ooh, look he doesn't look like himself that's yeah acting. he put like, on that makeup and- like all these things these are what people fall for for best picture and and yet nobody comes out of that movie going that's the best movie i saw all year they go like that's really good and it was you know about something that's important i guess but nobody i'm sure most people that leave ladybird are like wow that was really fun but you leave a movie and go that was really fun well i'm not supposed to think of that as good yeah i didn't no, feel I, tortured by it so it can't be a best picture no i i, I don't know about that for me specifically right. i just feel like putting a best picture on it will kind of make it crack under the weight a little oh, bit oh yeah um you know what was like that uh crash uh not crash no because crash was awful I mean, not like it was. It was a fine movie. Uh-huh. It just was like, oh, okay. Uh huh. We get it. Yeah, and it was so heavy, and there's just like all these people having conversations that no one would ever have, um, <laughs> which bothered me. Uh, but the um, no, it's the um, Slumdog Millionaire. Oh, okay. Slumdog Millionaire. Once it won, everybody that saw it after was like, I don't get it, because it was. I mean, there was some drama in it, but for the most part, it's kind of a fun yeah. romance. Like that, that movie was great. It's great. Yeah, but it's not not an best. Oscar. Yeah. So when you go to see it, you're like, I don't get all the praise, and it's like, well, it's very different. Have you ever seen anything like it? Not really. Yeah. But by the time those people had seen it, they'd seen people quoting it, and you know, and then you get there, and they're like, oh, I get it. Who wants to be a millionaire? Like, yeah. That. That thing, all all you start seeing all the impressions or whatever, and it's just like, I don't know, it just it affects you as an audience member. So I, I kind of yeah. get what you mean. Like, if okay, cool. I'm glad I've a movie found that's words. just unusual and like different, but nice and fun to watch. Yeah, 
But it, oh, like Juno's with, another one. Yeah, people hated on Juno after it got all the nominations, which is crazy because Juno's also great. Yeah, but yeah, no, it, it's just it 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 would lead to a set of expectations that the movie mm-hmm. doesn't deserve or require. Yeah. And and everybody's a critic. Yeah, you know, people Juno. It was like no one talks like that. And I was like, that's the point. No, duh, that's stylized dialogue, and yeah. it's really fun to listen to. <laughs> anyway, speaking of movies that are super. Like different and mm-hmm. challenging Phantom Thread mm-hmm. and the posts. So both of the Phantom Thread I have like no interest in seeing. Except I've heard some people talk about it and say it's like there's funny parts and I'm like, when? How? I've heard that too. And I'm like, how how could it be? I can't even tell what the movie's about. How I'm could not that... sure it is about anything. Yeah. Um and I actually heard interviews with P what's his name? P PTP Paul Paul Tom- Thomas Anderson. PTA yeah uh, I heard interviews with Mrs. him Mrs I mean Mr Maya Rudolph yeah and he is a lover of comedy you know he puts funny people in a lot of his movies uh-huh. Boogie Nights was had a lot of very funny parts um, especially he likes to do really funny things in dramatic moments so, sort of or like you almost don't even know what you're supposed to be uh-huh. feeling or whatever but. Um, I, I enjoyed hearing him talk and I was like, oh man, am I going to start liking him now? Even though all of his movies, I'm like, I don't know if I can sit through that. <laughs> um, but, you know, I that's one that like, I don't know. I don't know. Someone yeah, else yeah. would have to want to watch it and I'd be like, okay, I'll watch it with you. But I'm not going to watch it by myself. Both Sergio and I feel that way and yeah. both of us want the other to drag us to it. Yep. And that's why we haven't watched it. Yeah. What's, uh? oh wait, and then The Post? The Post. The Steven Spielberg one with Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks. And yeah. Eh. I mean, it's funny because like 15, 20 years ago, a movie with all three of them combining is like, that's exciting. And now it's just like, okay, whatever. Even though none of them have, the three of them haven't all done something all together. It feels like we've already seen this somehow. Yeah. Well, it's Spotlight too. Yeah. And then um, The Shape of Water, the Guillermo yeah. del Toro movie, which... I wanted so badly to love and I didn't love, but mm-hmm. it's good. Yeah. And so much about it is so good. Mm-hmm. Like it's weird. Cause like, yeah, I'm, I can look at it and be like, these three performances are spectacular and the makeup is great and the production mm-hmm. design and the music. But like when it's all put together as a movie, I'm just like, okay. Yeah. I, okay. So, um, when you, so like, uh, how do I put this? So like in sports terms, um, great. Great. So they'll be talking about like, oh, well, you know, these two guys play on the same team and they'll split the vote. So neither of them will win the most valuable player. So this guy who's on a worse team and isn't as good as those two players will win the most valuable player. I feel like this happens with best picture. There's two or three that are really Uh up there and they end up splitting the vote. And then Dunkirk wins. Yeah, that'll make that. That's exactly what's gonna happen. Because there are like three or four really cool, innovative things. I don't know anything. I've heard that three billboards is great. I know you didn't like it, but it it it's just it. Uh, the modern way of approaching movies is to review it based on the morality of the movie more mm. than the quality of the movie. Okay. Um, and this is a movie that raises a lot of really interesting and kind of despicable moral questions. Okay. On the parts of its characters. Yeah in terms of police violence, in terms of misogyny, in terms of domestic abuse and things yeah. like that. 
And so it's an important film. I don't. I would not call it an important film. I don't okay. think anybody's. I'm sure someone has. But um, well, if it's raising all those issues, that's important. Those are important issues to be raised. Yeah, but it, it doesn't feel like it's raising them to be important okay. necessarily. Right, right, right. It's not self-important. Yeah. Okay. okay. Th- yeah, it's not self-important, but it's yeah. important. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the same way that Get Out is important. Yeah. Even though it's, it's not, not self-important. self-important. Good. Okay, but um, it's just so grimy mm. about it. Like the the moral quandaries it raises, it doesn't necessarily know how to handle talking about them. Or um, like like a lot of the one of the the character played by Sam Rockwell, mm-hmm. um, a big part of his backstory is that he like beat up um, an African American townsperson in custody. Yeah, and it's about police racism and violence. But there are barely any black speaking parts in the movie. Okay, and there's a, just a lot of weird little bits where it's like, oh, this was written by a white dude who doesn't totally know what he's doing in terms of these this content and a lot of people are picking apart that which yeah. is totally fair yeah but honestly i didn't think it was that well made either oh, okay so you didn't enjoy it not because of those kind of like analyzing by step taking a step back but more the you just didn't really like it i tried to do i tried to step back because I, I sometimes i do fall into that trap of reviewing it like oh this is despicable words yeah. but it's like that doesn't just because a character is wrong doesn't mean the movie is wrong yeah i just uh, my yeah, exactly but well my thing is when it's it's like it's maybe the wrong people made it yes i do and i i the same thing happened with um uh, the singy dancing what was it called why can't i remember words? are you talking about la la land la la land okay and so la la land was everybody's darling and then something flipped and everybody was like it's all about jazz but it's only white people and uh-huh. blah, blah, blah blah and it's like okay that's not a part of the movie at all. And yeah, now we're just analyzing who should have made it. Yeah. You know, or, who should or, have been in it and who should have made it and what, like, that's not the, you're not looking at the movie. You're looking at society and saying, well, yeah, exactly. In, pretty blonde people making a movie about jazz. That's well, okay. But they're allowed. To, white people are allowed to love jazz. Yes, it, there should have been, I guess there should have been more of a tribute to how it's part of African-American culture. But that's not something that Ryan Gosling's character would have talked about, probably. Yeah, it's just but, nothing that had anything to do with the script and the movie and the plot. Yeah. And, so it's, that's, we. I don't like it when that becomes the story. It's like, okay, so that's, I, I get it. That's a Hollywood problem. That's not a this movie problem. Yeah. And, and, and so I, that's what I was saying about three billboards the wrong if there if a movie is going to address violence against minorities and it's made by all white people i wouldn't i wouldn't sit in the movie and be like uh it's all it's so white i would just be like it would be cool to see another point of view maybe mm-hmm. but well, somebody should make that movie but it it's been made no the well the thing about la la land yeah is that it's not about race relations and music it's not about no. all these things that yeah. those things got applied to it yes people are reviewing a movie that it is not right the thing with three billboards is it it steps in it on yeah. purpose it's trying to talk about these right things and it's failing yeah i, I um, mean I, I granted i haven't seen the movie so for me to have an opinion is weird but no, i know but about the type of thing that it yeah is. yeah like, I, I, I always look at it from an actor's point of view, so I'm like, 
Well, they were handed that script. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> what are they supposed it, to do? It's not the actor's fault. Yeah. But it's it's the writer director sort of. No, I don't want to bl- put blame yeah. on anyone. But the thing is, like, that's the system. Again, it's a Hollywood thing. Yeah. That movie wouldn't have gotten made if it was a black director. No, you're right. But the just the thing is, by engaging with that material mm. in any way, it does kind of open itself up to those kinds of criticisms. Yeah. And thus, it's a really hard movie to approach from mm-hmm. any angle. Yeah. And it's just so challenging. And I just didn't like it that much in general. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Frances McDormand is great. Mm-hmm. She's, she's always great. She's going to win for lead actress, and that'll yeah. be fine. And then she'll give that another super crazy speech. Probably. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's move on to lead actor. We've yeah. been on Best Picture for... 20 minutes-ish, and yeah. you haven't seen any of the movies. That's not true. I've seen l- all the trailers. Yeah? <laughs> I mean, that's all you need. Yeah. Um, no, because I, I was worried that we wouldn't have enough to talk about, but as always, I was wrong. Yeah. So um, I'm going to try to go a little faster through the acting categories, though. Uh, Timothée Chalamet for Call Me By Your Name. Okay. I learned how to pronounce his name. That was he, very good. Thank you. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis for Phantom Thread. Mm-hmm. Um, Gary Oldman for The Darkest Hour. And <sighs> guess who's gonna win? Yeah. Uh, out of nowhere, Denzel Washington for Roman J. Israel Esquire. Again, I said, it's that doesn't seem like out of nowhere to me. It seemed like, whoop, Denzel's gonna get nominated for this as soon as I saw the trailer. Yeah, well, Look just, at him in an Afro wig with a gap in his teeth. Okay, no, that's so an Oscar performance, but yeah. also it just, that movie went nowhere. It didn't right. happen. But it's Denzel. I know. He's You're the, so right. It's Meryl so Streep sad. is in movies that nobody saw, and she gets nominated. Uh, I saw Mamma Mia. Yeah. Anyway. What was the What's the one that she did a couple of years ago that was really like n- nobody even knew it came out, and she got a nomination? Oh, the Florence Foster yeah. Jenkins. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Daniel Kaluuya, the lead from Get Out. That's which, awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Mm-hmm. That's honestly, I expect to Get Out to get something, but not that one. Mm-hmm. And good for him. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, lead actress, Sally Hawkins from The Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. She was great. Yes. Francis Paddington. Me- yes, Sally Hawkins <laughs> of Paddington and Paddington 2. Oh, man. my! I recently had lunch with my grandmother mm-hmm. and my mom. It doesn't matter. Multiple people were there. But my grandma was talking about The Shape of Water, and she said, oh, is it like Beauty and the Beast, except she's not beautiful? And I'm Aww. like, how dare you? Yeah. I actually had to shut down my grandma for making fun of Sally Hawkins because she's awesome. Yeah, she is awesome. And also, she's naked a lot in The Shape of Water, and her body is great. Okay. I was not expecting that. All right. Um, anyway. Um, I'm glad that you covered your mouth when you said that so that no one could hear it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Frances McDormand for three billboards. She'll win and good. Yeah. She's good. Whatever. Um, Margot Robbie from I, Tonya. Yep. Um, Saoirse Ronan for Lady Bird. Mm-hmm. Another one where it's like, it's just like when she got nominated for Brooklyn mm-hmm. where it's, she totally deserves it and she's totally not going to get any mm-hmm. recognition for it. Yeah. Um, and Meryl Streep for the post. Because Shocking. she made a movie. Because so. she made a movie, so she's nominated. Um, yeah. Now, Saoirse Ronan, I really like the choices that she's made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's made some good movies. Um, I haven't seen any of them, but they're all good. <laughs> Brooklyn, I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, supporting actor Willem Dafoe for the Florida Project. Cool. Which you could not pay me to see, and I'm so glad it didn't get nominated for Best Picture, so I don't feel bad about not seeing it. Yeah. Do you know what it is? 
Yeah, it, 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 the, Isn't it about a bunch of kids that live in a hotel or something? Yeah, it, well, it's about kids who live in this motel that's mm-hmm. like a pay-by-the-day thing, and they're yeah. really poor, and they live just outside of Disney World yep. in Florida, and so it's like, ooh, look at the juxtaposition. Mm. Um, and I just have no interest in it, mm. and I don't know why, mm-hmm. but I just don't. Yeah, it's probably better than it sounds. I have a feeling it's better than it sounds. No, I'm sure it is, and it's from the guy who made Tangerine, which yeah. I heard only good things about. Yeah. But I just, there's nothing yep. that appeals to me yeah. specifically. And then, oh, guess what? Uh, two supporting actor noms for three billboards. We got Woody Harrelson and Sam and Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. All straight white men are happy because mm-hmm. of Sam Rockwell, I guess. Yeah, exactly. If only Ben Mendelsohn was nominated for something. <laughs> um, <laughs> Christopher uh. Christopher Plummer nominated for All the Money in the World because mm-hmm. he did it so fast. Yeah. And, and he's w- not a creep. Yeah. As far as we know. We'll see. <laughs> but I'm sure he seems he seems good. Yeah. Oh, by the way, remember a few episodes ago, I was like, my mom's all-time crushes. Christopher yeah. Plummer really? is probably at the top of the list. Okay. Yeah. Great. As Captain Von Trapp. Of course. Yeah. Um, and Richard Jenkins for The Shape of Water. And honestly, he was a revelation in The Shape of Water. He's he was so, so good. He's so good in everything. He's good in everything, but he's one of those. He's a that guy. He's a guy that you're like, oh, that guy. Yeah. Like Michael Stuhlbarg, who was in three of the movies nominated for Best Picture and got nominated for none of them. Which um, guy is he? He's the guy, you know? Well, um, I'll look him up. I can look him up. Okay. He was in The Shape of Water. As this, mm-hmm. uh, as a scientist, mm-hmm. he was in Call Me by Your Name as the kid's dad. Oh yes, and okay. he was in the Post as someone. I did not see the Post. Oh yeah, he's the guy that was in A Serious Man. And yeah, his, okay, yeah, that's him. That's his biggest thing, I think. And his, yes, he's all. Oh god, yeah, he was in um, Boardwalk Empire. That's oh, what I okay. know him from. Yeah, see, he's that guy. Yeah, he's just this guy, you know. Oh, hold on. Yeah, and in everything, he, he's one of those guys that definitely in everything he looks different. Like you, yeah. you're like, wait, that's the same guy. Like I just was scrolling through his little the pictures of him on IMDb, and he looks totally different in every single thing. There he is in Steve Jobs. Uh, breaking news alert: we we just found out that Michael Stuhlbarg is from Long Beach. Yeah, which is where we're sort of from. Yeah, and uh, and he went to m- the same school that I did, and that could have been you, Dave. Could have been me. Ignored and, at the Oscars. Well, and because he wasn't famous then, nobody uh, ever talked uh-huh. about him. As a graduate. Oh. But now I'm sure all the kids that are there, they're like, uh, Michael Stuhlbarg when he was here. Remember? I wonder what table do you think he'll sit at at the Oscars? Ooh, they don't have tables. Do, well, what like group? What will he row sit will with, he be in? Know? His own. <laughs> Him and Meryl. Or they'll sit all of them like in a in like a little semicircle shape and he'll be right in the middle of it. Oh, that'd be cool. Like, like, a, like a pinwheel, like flower yeah. petals, and he's yeah. the center yeah. that the bumblebee lands Michael on. Stuhlbarg is everything. <laughs> I'm sure he is. <laughs> um, but yeah, supporting actress, Mary J. Blige for Mudbound. Cool. Uh, she'll probably win. I feel like she's going to get the, like, Monique Mariah Carey Precious <sighs> nod. Mariah Carey. She was in Precious. Yeah, but Mariah Carey didn't get nominated for an Oscar. Did she not? I hope not. I thought she did. I'm going to look this oh up. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, I just was thinking of the other movie, Glitter. Well, <laughs> she didn't get nominated for that, unfortunately. That's fine, I think. Um, but, Close. yeah, so Allison Janney for I, Tonya, Awesome. Who's, Love her. Yeah, Love her in everything. She's great. She can do no wrong. 
and she deserves an Oscar, but I'm not sure she needs one for mm-hmm. this movie, but whatever. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Leslie Manville for Phantom Thread, you know, just one of them. That lady. Yeah, she's fancy, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. Apparently she's good in it. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, then we got Octavia Spencer for Sleepwalking Through the Shape of Water. Um, <laughs> she was good in it, but she played the same role that she played in The Help, and she's like, I could do this with two hands mm-hmm. behind yeah. my back. Yeah. And Laurie Metcalf for Lady Bird. And she's finally getting the recognition she deserves from her role in Scream 2. There we go. Same same joke you told t- several episodes ago. That's all I know her from, and it's great. <laughs> that was the Golden Globes episode. I'm sure it was. Yeah. Oh, I did make that joke. But it, yeah. Oh, Scream 2. Are we still working on Mariah Carey? I, I think I might be wrong. Yeah. But she was in it. She was in it, and she looked sort of different yeah she did so that could have that could have gotten her an oscar nomination yeah exactly that's what i'm thinking holy moly okay anyway um that's going on there for director we got christopher nolan for dunkirk jordan peele for get out Mm -hmm. greta gerwig for ladybird pta for phantom thread yep and guillermo del toro for the shape of water yeah which is honestly not that the oscars should specifically seek out to do this i mean they it, it's a tough it challenge. Happens. One of the most diverse groups yeah. of directors. We yeah. have a Mexican director, we have a black director, and a female director. Yes. And it's like, I'm glad that this is the direction we're going in. Mm-hmm. Whether or not they did it consciously. Yeah. I think we need to, like, th- that's the problem with the, like, after the Oscars So White controversy. They, yeah. like, nominated a bunch of, not a bunch, but, like, more black people mm-hmm. kind of self-consciously the next year. And yeah. They're like it's a weird thing. Like you know, they're doing it because they feel shamed by it, mm-hmm. but also they need to be doing it. Yes. So, like, it, it's a challenge because it feels disingenuous at first, mm-hmm. but you have to force it until it people don't even think about it. I mean, also, percentages are oh yeah are no there's way off. So it it it's like it's more systemic than that. Like yeah, you can nominate more minorities yeah, yeah. and women and then pretend that everything's okay but those the, those people that got nominated there were not a lot of other like there's not a lot of other women that made mo- movies yeah. this year there's a few and we made a big deal about them uh-huh. but there weren't nearly enough no you're right you know? it's, it's not the Oscars fault because they don't yeah. have a lot to choose from yeah well yeah <laughs> because no one's letting the them Oscars. make this. I like the Oscars as like a a being that yeah. has a mind <laughs> <laughs> whatever um but yeah, no, I'm happy that certain things are becoming more diverse. Yeah. And for example, a category I wouldn't normally care about, cinematography. The first female cinematographer in the history of the Oscars was nominated. Right. Exactly. Because th- they don't let women <laughs> be the cinematographer on movies. Yes. Um, You know, we don't... Th- that's a great thing. Yeah. That's unequivocally yeah. a great thing. It's all awesome. Um. She's not going to win, probably, because nobody saw Mudbound. Because she's a girl? No, come on. <laughs> because nobody saw Mudbound. Everybody knows girls can't cinematography. Oh, my God. Cinematograph. <laughs> See, a better thing for female cinematographers, uh-huh. a female cinematographer is, is doing Black Panther. Yes. Which is so cool. Yeah, that is really cool. Um, But, yeah, so we've got Roger Deakins for Blade Runner 2049. We've got... The darkest hour. <laughs> I guess he made it appropriately dark. How? I mean, it ju- I saw the freaking stand-up thing in the movie theater and was like, "Oh, that's gonna get. That's gonna be 
an Oscar movie. Ugh. And you were like, no, nobody even cares about it. Look at every uh, major category. It got so many nominations. <laughs> Everything. And it, who, not one person is talking about that movie. Okay. I don't know that because I only listen to very specific things. So, but like, Nobody's you know what I mean? talking about it though. I mean, I don't, I don't have my ear to the ground in Hollywood, but yeah, it just, it like, my guess is most people didn't even see it and they're like, whatever, it's probably good. Look at what it's about and who's in it. Yeah. It looks important. Let's do it. And then Dunkirk and Shape of Water. But I, I, I heard good things about Dunkirk. Yeah, me too. I know it was much more important for England than it was for us. Oh yeah. Just, no, that's the thing. Like, like, um, Paddington is way bigger in England. Yeah. The Dunkirk situation is a hugely famous like yeah. battle and rescue in England, but we don't care because it's about English people. Right. And I know nothing about it. I even, st- I even, there was a, on Amazon or something, there's like the real Dunkirk thing. And I was like, I should watch this. It, so I know what Dunkirk is. So then maybe I'll want to watch the movie. And I turned it on and I was like, nope, I, I don't, nope, I don't. I don't have enough context. I don't know enough about that era of history it, from England's point of view. Oh and yeah, I was like I don't know what we're t- I don't know what any of the words they're saying are. Never mind. There was real- like after the something, and I was like, oh, after that, that thing that I don't know anything about. The all I know about England is the Blitzkrieg, and John Lennon was born during that. Mm. So yeah that's cool um, is it bad that i thought the blitzkrieg happened in germany it was germany, germany perpetrated the blitzkrieg. yes but i never thought of it as but i know what i know what it is i've seen movies about it that's how i know history and that's why the oscars reward them because mm-hmm. they teach the, the yeah people. they teach the youth uh-huh. about the darkest hour yeah sure and dunkirk and dunkirk which i just don't like war movies mm-hmm. kind of as a rule yeah never saw hacksaw ridge also because i don't like mel gibson yeah um, i don't like the war movies where it's like well because saving private ryan did it we have to be extra bloody um, but i actually really like war movies that's fair Look, like i really like um band of brothers which is not a movie but it's might as well be it's like a nine hour movie yeah the i really like that yeah and um i've tried a couple times to get into the second one the pacific just doesn't grab you the same partly it's that actor oh god he was a that guy for a minute um no i can't remember his name it's i think he has three names and he's in iron man three melissa joan hart yes it's melissa joan hart that famous man james badge dale yes ah. james badge dale and he was in everything for a minute he even got it was like when was it mad men or no it was breaking bad was really big and amc was like and here comes our new show, Rubicon. And they showed it, and that guy was in it, and he had crazy curly hair <laughs> standing up on his head. And I'm sure everybody's reaction was the same as mine, which was, what? <laughs> what is that? Why would I watch that? And it was everything. You, it was just like the show seemed to be about that guy walking around, like, looking suspiciously at people. I've never heard of this. I'm looking at it. Rubicon? I think it's what it's called. I'm just imagining... A racer head. <laughs> he looked like a racer head a little yeah. bit. Like his hair's so out of control that you're like, I don't want to watch that. Looks like a David Lynch thing. Yeah, okay. Apparently it ran for 13 episodes, but IMDb does not say that it has been canceled yet. It just says 2010 dash yeah. as if it was still going. It might come back, guys. <laughs> They're still holding out. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, but um, that guy, that guy was, yeah. Okay. Oh, 
that guy's in the Pacific. Okay, yeah. And he's like the main character. And I, I, he's one of those people that I'm like, I can't watch him. I just, anything he's in, I'm like, no, I don't buy it. I don't know why. Oh, okay. He's just one of those guys. You just don't. It, it, and it's clear from his career, I think, because he like blew up and faded away real fast. What are you talking about? He was just in 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. Oh, yeah. That movie that everybody saw and watched. Mm-hmm. And Jim, I, the one I wanted to see it for Jim from the office. Yeah, John yeah. Krasinski, and he's all buff and he has a beard now. I just want to support him in everything that he does, but I haven't seen several of his things because his stuff he does is usually bad, guys. Yeah, but guys, I'm whispering so nobody knows. I don't want John Krasinski to know that I don't yeah. think his work is very good. If he's listening to the podcast, you'd be like, "Oh, what was that?" Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't hear it. Yeah, but also. Uh, if John Krasinski's listening, uh, let's be best friends. Yeah, come on the show, man. Yeah, D- like no, I don't to- even care about the show. I just want to be best friends with him. Well, that, no, that's the way to get it started. No, no, I just want to be best friends. Okay, great. <laughs> and you refuse <laughs> to let him on the show. Pretty much, our show's really important. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want him to taint it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, animated feature. Yeah. Uh, there's two movies that aren't gonna win. They're called The Breadwinner and Loving Vincent. Yeah. Um, I heard The Breadwinner is spectacular. Um, <sighs> maybe one of them will win. Maybe sometimes the yeah. fancy one wins, but usually it doesn't. Wasn't there? There was one that was like the. Uh, never mind. I can't even. It was so long ago. It was like 15 years ago, and it was about French stuff. Probably. Yeah, and that one, and it was like what? Pixar didn't win. Yeah, that does happen occasionally. Yeah. Um, and then we've got. You know, equally of quality, Ferdinand, um, mm-hmm. which was fine. I did see it. It was okay. Okay. Um, it was not as execrable as I expected it to be. Nice word. What does it mean? It. Just putrid, mm. terrible. Yeah. Um, Coco is also nominated. Mm-hmm. And The Boss Baby. Which so exciting. I loved The Boss it's Baby. It's so exciting. And I hope it wins. We may need to have a, an episode about The Boss Baby we might. And we could have Sarah Fari on as a, as a guest. Oh, does she love the Boss Baby? She too? loves the Boss Baby so much that she would come in. She was in uh, the ASB last year, last sure. school year, and she uh-huh. her, she was in charge of making announcements to my third period class. Specifically? So would, yes. They do that with the ASB. They each get like oh. a couple classrooms that they have to okay. make the announcement. So she would come in, make the announcement, and at the end be like, everybody see Boss Baby. And then she'd <laughs> leave. <laughs> That's great. And she'd write it on the board. See Boss Baby. Seriously, though. See Boss Baby. It was really good. It's really good. I need to watch it again. I watched it on like a, a Saturday night with Jack where I was like doing 10 other things uh-huh. or I was tired or something. So I don't really remember it. But I know that I liked it. That's good. Yeah. No. Uh, Boss Baby's great. Does she also like The Greatest Showman? Because she should definitely be. <laughs> I haven't talked to her about that. Okay. Great. I'll send word. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll patch you through. Um, anyway. So... I was thinking at one point this might be the worst idea, but for the podcast we should do like a commentary track for a movie. Oh my god. And I think it should be The Greatest Showman. Oh. Okay. Like for the f- the first time you watch Greatest Showman. Yes. We'll just like record for an hour and a half, which is generally about how long we run but anyway. But the thing is, if I'm actually enjoying the movie and we're talking over it, I'm going to be that like, is, "Shh, Brennan, don't talk." That's why I think it would be a challenge. <laughs> I don't think we should do that. I think it should be a movie we've already seen. Yeah, maybe you're right. And we have I also don't know that I want to do it for a movie I actually like because I'll want to watch it. I'll be like, stop talking. You're ruining the movie. Okay. Well, what? what or it'll just be being like, I love, oh my God, this part, this part's awesome. Watch <laughs> <Yeah>. this part. <laughs> Which I think all commentary tracks from directors should be. 
Oh, it they, shouldn't be yeah. like, okay, now with this shot, it should just be like, I re- watch, watch this. This is, uh, oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, if you ever listen to the Office commentary tracks, the uh, I think it's Leslie Baker is his name, the guy that plays Stanley. Oh, okay. He is like that. He just awesome. like everybody else will be like, oh, I remember when we were shooting this, and and then he goes, oh, wait, listen to this line. No, it's good. That's so cool. <laughs> I love that kind of thing too. Yeah. And um, I I've never listened to any of the Thirty Rock commentaries, mm-hmm. but I listen to a podcast that talks about Thirty Rock, and they talk about the commentary sometimes. Mm-hmm. And apparently, when Jack McBrayer does the commentary, he just makes up lies the whole time. Oh, that's so good. He's like Alec Baldwin wore a wig for this scene, or like whatever. <laughs> his his gimmick, his shtick. I don't know where where has he gone. He disappeared. He's still around in the comedy yeah. scene, I think. But, but like, his shtick of having that goofy face that looks like he's the most innocent thing in the world. A little apple-cheeked goo. Yeah. And then it's even better when he, because he, his actual comedy is much more like subversive. It's not, it's uh-huh. like that. It's like saying really awful things, but with the big grin, um, rather than what he was on 30 Rock, which was just a big dumb idiot with a big grin. Just pure, sweet. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, he that's that's somebody that needs a good project. Yeah. Oh, he was in that Smurfs movie. Ugh, that's uh, what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, well, it looks like he's doing a lot of voice acting on a bunch of random stuff. Yeah. Lego Scooby Doo Blowout Beach Bash. Okay. Well, no, he's working as hell. I'm still scrolling through 2017. Yeah. So good for him, I guess. Yeah, but he's working, but he's not getting to show off. Yeah. Nobody's giving him the right project, and that is. The real problem with all of this is it matters what projects you're given. And there's, you know, all kinds of actors out there that I just recently heard someone say that like, oh God, who was it? Oh, it was somebody so good. It might've been Brian, Brian Cranston. Oh yeah. It was someone like that. That's like got a great reputation. And he was like, well, most actors are pretty good actors. It's just about casting. It's getting the right role. Absolutely. And most of us can do certain things really well and other things not as well. And, you know, sometimes it's good to push yourself and do the things that you aren't that good at, but then also it's good to find the things that you are good at. And so it's just amazing. It's amazing to watch certain people where like they get crapped on because they do push themselves a lot and maybe they should, I mean, you know, Keanu Reeves spent a lot of time like, I'm going to try this ambitious. I'm going to do yeah. Shakespeare. Well, he's not good at it. And that's okay. He's good at what he's good at. But, you know, it's still fun. He has a funny name, so it's fun to make fun <laughs> of him. But, um, and I can do a funny impression. But, okay, uh, I want to hear it. Okay, this is a shout out to Ben Cleveland, who's not going to listen to this, but he always talked about he was a, was like a manager at a rest- an Italian restaurant in LA okay. when he was a struggling actor. And he would always say that Keanu Reeves came in and he would just, and then his Keanu Reeves impression was just Keanu Reeves ordering Italian dishes. Okay. So it was, I'll have the pasta primavera. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have the fettuccine Alfredo. And it, but he was like, I don't remember what he ordered, but I just do every, every Italian oh, dish ever okay. in that voice. It's so good. That um, is incredible. Yeah. I'm happy I heard that. Yeah. I've also heard Keanu Reeves is like the best guy. Okay, great. Like everybody on set loves him. Which I think is amazing because it's easy to be grumpy on a set and he like hangs out with everyone and brings food. 
and like cooks sometimes. I think. I don't oh, know. he's like okay, like crazy generous. I'm into that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of things I learned about famous people, yeah, Tippy Hedren, okay, from the Birds, yeah, and Marnie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found out. Well, because I was reading an article on Cracked of all places mm-hmm. about like negative stereotypes um, that actually came from really good things, mm-hmm. um, and there, th- this section of the article was about the stereotype that all like nail salons are run by Vietnamese people. Right. Tippy Hedren is responsible for that. Well, because during the Vietnam War, a lot of people, a lot of Vietnamese people weren't getting work in places because yeah. people were being really racist. Yes. And Tippy Hedren was like noticed that, and she also noticed that. Well, she needed to get her nails done, and she needed, like, Hollywood needed that to happen. Mm-hmm. And that was really expensive. Mm-hmm. And so she, like, coordinated teaching all these Vietnamese people how to do nails mm-hmm. to, like, get them employed. Yeah. And now that's still a thing. Like, yeah. 60 years later. That's crazy. That's so awesome. That is so awesome. And I think I had heard that. I I think I had heard that. I don't know that I knew the Tippy Hedren part, but I knew that it was related to the Vietnam War. Yeah. So excuse me. That's just something that I read, and I was like, "What the hell?" Yeah. Because I already I love Tippy Hedren, mm-hmm. and now I'm like, "Holy crap!" Yeah. Um, it's a shame that uh, Alfred Hitchcock ruined her career. Whatever. Way to go, Alfie. Yeah. yeah. A great man. That. Um, uh, anyway, so mm. we're on to some of the boring ones. Do you care about editing or sound mixing? Nobody does. No, nobody they does. shouldn't be on the show. I under uh, First of all, it's something that I don't know how you judge editing. How do you know? How how can you? Uh huh. Like, who goes to a movie and is like, mm, the editing was really bad? Like, you don't know. Like, you, oh, they let. Like, everybody's a good editor. So, what are we doing? And what was the other one? Sound mixing? Yeah. Well, there's yeah. sound mixing and there's sound editing. I just don't. Who cares? No, no one cares. And why are those on the show when those are definitely the technical ones? Those should be on know. the night before or whatever those things are. I don't know. Um, Everybody complains about how long the show is. It's because nobody cares about 45% of the awards. Yeah. And then they give their speech and you're like, I don't I don't know who you yeah. are. Yeah. But uh, whatever. I'm happy that they get to be on the telecast for them. Yeah. But also, I don't care that much. Um, adapted screenplay? That's usually a pretty Are cool. Okay, I like that stuff. Uh, Call me by your name. Yep. Uh, the disaster artist, uh-huh. the only nomination for the disaster artist, yeah. I believe, which is awesome. I'm mm-hmm. so happy James Franco got shut out, and not just because he's a terrible person. Yeah, but because he did not deserve it. But yeah. No, his impression was great. But it was a Golden Globe worthy performance. Yes, that's where it was that a Golden belongs. Globe in a comedy worthy performance, right? Yeah, that's Isn't where that, that belongs. Yeah. yeah, it was a very and funny performance. Great job. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, hmm. um, Andy Serkis and Tiffany Haddish were the people who announced the Oscars on the like Oscar announcements yeah. telecast, and I was just thinking that must be such a slap in the face because <laughs> people. Look, oh yeah, she was. People were hoping she would get nominated. Yeah, and she knows she's not going to. Yeah, because like once you get the call to announce the Oscars, you're probably like, I'm not gonna get that. Am yeah, I? I don't get to read my name. Yeah, and look. Tiffany Haddish is incredible in Girl's Trip. Mm-hmm. She was not going to get nominated because no. that is not an Oscar movie. And right. that's just how it works. And that's stupid. That is stupid. But because that's, what are we... <gasps> no, comedy is always ignored and that's always been a problem because there's so much good I don't have a, I don't. Yes. I don't have a problem with comedies not being in the best picture thing. I think there should be a category for best comedy. I agree. Like there is in the Golden Globe. I think I understand what... Actually, now that it's ten movies, I feel like it's, they should be in there every year. There should be, and Lady Bird is funny, right? 
yeah that's that yeah it's it's funny but it's also like poignant yeah yeah um so but i have a real problem with if you're a comedic actor you're never gonna get nominated you're not gonna get nominated even if you are if it's the biggest performance the most talked about performance uh-huh. of the year doesn't matter because it's comedy yeah no that's a real shame and i don't like it but also tiffany hatch was never gonna get nominated because mm-hmm. that's just how the system works mm-hmm. Uh, but it really must have been so, like, apparently she was great on the telecast. Oh, yeah, I heard that, too. Um, it happened at four in the morning or whatever. Yeah, well, at least on this oh, coast. Ugh. So stupid. Anyway, Hating also. the West Coast people. All right. This genuinely surprised Logan was nominated for Adapted Screenplay. Yes. Which I loved that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Molly's Game, because Aaron Sorkin wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Mudbound, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, cool. Mm-hmm. Um. An original screenplay. Uh, we got three billboards, of course. We've got The Shape of Water and Lady Bird, Get Out, and then The Big Sick. Yes. Um, I was very excited to see that. But, okay, in what way is The Big Sick not an adapted screenplay and Molly's Game is? Because The Big Sick is a true story. Yeah. But it's not based on a book. It's not based on I a book. I guess. Yeah, okay. that's not what adapted. Adapted means it's adapted from another work yeah. already. I didn't know Molly's Game was a book, although I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I don't think I know what Molly's Game is or what it could have been adapted from. It's Aaron Sorkin's directorial debi- oh, debut. Yeah. Jessica Chastain, not Bryce Dallas Howard. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. You're pretty sure. It's Everybody's just, pretty Jessica sure. Chastain. Even the people writing the credits in the movie, like, you know, the credit people, they're like, it, okay, we're sure it's Jessica Chastain. I'm no, not going to type this out and put it in the final edit, and then you're going to tell me it's Bryce Dallas Howard. No, I'm sure Jessica Chastain watched Jurassic World, and she's like, I don't remember this. Yeah, what the hell's happening? Um, <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, uh, Molly's Game, Jessica Chastain plays, like, an uh, the it's a real-life story of an ex-skier who kind of oh, made a bunch of money organizing illegal poker games or something. Fascinating. And she talks a lot. Yep. Because it's an Aaron Does Sorkin. she walk? While she talks. I assume so. Maybe she skis while that she That would talks. be amazing if Aaron Sorkin's directorial debut is just an episode of The West Wing, but like as a movie. No, I want it to be just two people walking down a hall for 90 minutes and talking. Yes. That could actually be really experimental oh my and gosh. interesting. It would be like Birdman, where it's like, yeah. how did they make it look like one continuous shot? Or it could be like Locke, that movie that Tom Hardy did where he's just in a car driving the whole time. Oh, wow. I don't think I knew about that one. No, it, it's just him. It's a drama. It's not a Mad Max situation. Mm-hmm. It's literally him on the freeway talking on the phone to different people. And apparently it's really good. I never saw it. I assume he has an indecipherable accent. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, I know nothing about that person. Tom Hardy? Yeah. He's a, he's a Chameleon. Yeah. No one knows. No one knows anything about him, though, like his personality or anything, right? I know he likes dogs a lot. Okay. Because Tumblr's very excited about that. But I also haven't been on Tumblr in three years, so I'm Mm. behind the times. Anyway, uh, production design. Beauty and the Beast? Okay. Looked really good. Production design is the sets? Yes. Okay. Um, So now they can put a sticker on that Blu-ray for Beauty and the Beast. Uh, Blade Runner 2049. (laughs) The Shape of Water. Yeah. Dunkirk. And guess what? Got Darkest Hour? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because it's that movie. It's just going to get nominated in every category because probably because no one saw it. Yeah, but I also, think no one saw it and they're like, oh God, I heard it was good. Let's just, I'm going to nominate it for everything. I don't know. Uh-huh. 
I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Also, it's a period piece, so it's like, oh, they made it look like old times. You know what it's like when you used to take like a standardized test, like you'd be in school, and then you get, and they're like, okay, five minutes left, and you're like, oh no, I have twenty more questions. Uh huh. All right, I'm just gonna put C for all of them. That's what everybody that's did. What, they're that's like, what I don't know what to is. do, but just darkest hour in every category. Why not? Fair enough. Um, <laughs> they're like, I didn't watch the movies in time. My deadline. <laughs> Best actress um, in a leading role, Gary Oldman. I don't know. <laughs> Okay, original score and thankfully Darkest Hour is not on here. Oh. Dunkirk is. Yeah. Phantom Thread. And apparently mm-hmm. I have I have heard the music and it's pretty good. Yeah. Um The Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. That music is great, although it's just the score to Amelie. Hmm. Um Weird Choice. How could you how do you even pay attention to the score? I I can't remember what a movie is about when I walk out. Uh huh. <laughs> and no. you're like, the score is just like this movie that came out twenty years ago. Twenty years ago? Amelie? Shoot, 17 years ago. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. It's just very French. Yeah. Well, all French music sounds like the soundtrack. Yeah, normally. basically. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't hugely notice scores mm. unless they specifically make an impression on me for some yeah. reason. Like uh, the score to Thor Ragnarok, which was very synthy. Mm, um, yep. Like that's the kind of thing that I notice. I didn't notice the score. Oh, it's so good. Um, Star Wars The Last Jedi, because John Williams has to be nominated. Um and three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Fine, whatever. <laughs> At least it's not darkest hour. <laughs> and then we've got makeup and hair, which is typically the section where the crappiest movies get nominated. This mm-hmm. is where Jackass presents Bad Grandpa got nominated in the past. For what? For makeup and hairstyling. Oh right, right, right. Um, so we've got Wonder, which is that movie about the kid with facial differences. Yeah, and bad thing, good. Th- I don't know. It's heartwarming. Yeah, one of my one of my students saw it and said it was so good. Great, uh, Victoria and Abdul, which would have taken the place of Darkest Hour if Darkest Hour wasn't being the Darkest Hour. Yeah, where it's so generically an Oscars movie, mm-hmm. and then Darkest Hour. <laughs> he looks just like Winston Churchill, doesn't he? <laughs> doesn't Probably. He? I don't know. Yeah. How about that? He goes, woof, 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 woof. <laughs> um, and costume design, <sighs> Darkest Hour, Victoria and Abdul, The Shape of Water, Phantom Thread, Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. Don't care. Visual effects, Blade Runner 2049, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, mm-hmm. which I liked, mm-hmm. Star Wars The Last Jedi, War for the Planet of the Apes, and Kong Skull Island. <laughs> Which, I liked that movie. Oh, you did? Yeah. I was really bored by that. Movie. Really? Yeah, I just. I thought it was really fun. There was like a sense of humor in it that I didn't expect. Okay. And uh, well, it is boring until, uh, until John C. Riley shows yeah, up. Yeah, John C. Riley's great. John C. John C. Riley shows up, and you're like, "Hey, this is a fun movie." Yeah, he injects adrenaline. And by the way, the should have been nominated for an Oscar. Oh yeah. Well, you know what I mean. That's yeah. the kind of performance that should be nominated because he comes into a movie that's got nothing going on. It's got Samuel L. Jackson being <sighs> just like sleeping on screen. Uh-huh. Um, and and uh, the two main leads other than them, like oh, just they, over their heads. They just propped up some cardboard cutouts of Brie Larson and Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. And they're like, all right, so we're just supposed to like go this way and say this dialogue. Got it. Like, yeah. What's our character? Nothing. Got it. <laughs> Jeez, you're handsome and you're kind of pretty, but you look like that other girl. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Take pictures, I guess. Oh, yeah, and and gape at things. Yeah, like, come on. 
But and she does does she even fall in love with King Kong? Is that a thing? Mm. Do they, they even both have a they, in this one? They all three are like we're friends. They're Tom, like a, it's like a polyamorous. Yeah, they fall in love. Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson are like we like each other. Oh yeah, and then King Kong's there, and they're like we're best friends. That sounds kind we're of best friends with actually. King Kong. I don't remember that movie. John Goodman was in it, right? Yeah, I remember the trailer used "Bad Moon Rising," which is a great song. Yeah. Um, oh, that's great music. I mean, I think it's a really fun movie for what it, I mean. It shouldn't shouldn't be in the Oscar conversation, but yeah, whatever it happened. Yeah, uh, neither should Darkest Hour. But look, <laughs> look where that went. And then my favorite category, even though it's always terrible, original song, because this means, I mean, original song describes what performances we're going to get to watch during the telecast. Yes. Um. So we've got Mighty River from Mudbound. Which okay. got a lot of nominations. Performed um, by Mary J. Blige. Cool. Who is the first person to in the same year be nominated for original song and acting. So interesting. I'm shocked it wasn't Neil Diamond. Anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um then we've got something called Stand Up for Something from something called Marshall by Common, who got nominated for Selma a couple mm-hmm. of years ago and won, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, mm. Yeah, Marshall was the biopic of Thurgood Marshall. Yes, that no one saw. I don't. I don't. Rem- I literally don't remember it coming out. I remember seeing a trailer. Yeah, but I don't remember it existing in the world. I mean that that could have been one of those movies, like I said about when we were watching our talking about our bad movies, where you like went and saw the opening screening, and then when you walked out, you turned around and they were showing something else already. Yeah, <laughs> like that was too one too many. Sorry, yeah, just flipped right around. I don't know. And um, the same at oh, is it the same actor that gets every important historical black role now? Is it? Uh, I do think so. Oh, who's also playing Black Panther? Chadwick Boseman. I think it's Chadwick Boseman. I do think so. I'm looking that up right now. I'm like, you know, there's other there's other people out there that could play these parts. He doesn't have to play. It is Chadwick Boseman. He doesn't have to play Jackie Robinson and this guy. And there was another one. There was another one he played. Yeah, you, another you, famous historical black figure like yeah you could get the other person who does that and his name is david oyelowo <laughs> yeah um or even michael bajordan michael bajordan <laughs> <laughs> thank you uh, oh he played uh chadwick boseman played james brown also yes that was the third one yeah oh boy he's done three biopics delightful <sighs> anyway <laughs> So yeah, that one, and then Mystery of Love by Suf John Stevens from Call Me By Your Name, mm-hmm. which is the better one of his two songs he contributed to that movie. Mm-hmm. I did not particularly is care Is that how you say his name? I, I don't know. Does anyone know how to say his name? I don't think he knows. Okay. We'll find out on the Oscars, unless... Unless John Travolta... <laughs> <laughs> how did we both have that thought at the same time? Because so it's a, the second oh. most iconic Oscars moment you guys, after the La La Land debacle. Yeah. We could we I we could do a whole episode on just him trying to say that name. <laughs> I could tell for hours. Del Dazim. It's the Ooh. but it's also the the way he gets into it. The wicked. He's it's just like talented. He's, yeah, he starts. It's like that news lady that was like Mary Dairy dictation. Oh, yeah. He's having that, but he's getting through it better. Yeah, because <laughs> he's not having a stroke, <laughs> but he sounds like he. The oh boy, wickedly. Talented, and like, what's happening to your words? Oh man, Adele Dazim, and you could see that he was just like, "Oh, I don't know, I don't know what the teleprompter says." Oh boy, <sighs> oh so man, good. that was so that was the best. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
See, that's why we watch the Oscars mm-hmm. is for these crazy things that happened when you get a bunch yeah. of celebrities in a room who, especially someone as ultra famous as John Travolta, mm-hmm. who has not had to keep up with who's gotten famous after him. Yeah. He's like, who's Idina Menzel? I don't know. Adele Dazeem. He's like, it's a singer. It must be Adele. I've heard of her. It's Adele Dazeem. Oh, so good. <laughs> um, and so then, because what? Adina Menzel. How? How many syllables did he get wrong? Jeez. Uh, uh, Ud? Ud is kind of close. Yeah. And then he took L from her last name. Yeah. Da. Idina. Yeah. Met. No one knows. It's so good, though. It's a ling- uh, I need to hire a linguist to really dig into so that. It makes me so happy when things like that happen. Oh, I don't boy. know why. And that's one of those things. We both remember the exact wording of that mm-hmm. because it's so, such a... Earworm. Oh my! I don't know. Mm. Anyway, so Soup John Stevens, mm-hmm. he wrote two songs for "Call Me by Your Name," mm-hmm. and he got nominated for one. Yes, I like his music. There, honestly, I've I've come around on this particular song. Okay, but the other song is so treacly mm. and just kind of childish. Okay, and it's nonsense. Mm. It's literally says you. Maybe he thinks it's brilliant. I'm sure he does. Maybe so exactly do what he was going for was childish maybe i'm sure okay that can be defensible because <laughs> the main character is childish see but uh gay twitter is so into it oh and so that's why you don't like it no i love gay twitter gays. i i love the gays <laughs> i i am we um anyway does but, that mean you're small i'm we yeah sure um no but uh the the one song it's like i have loved you since the last time is it a video? And I'm like, what does that mean, Sufjan Stevens? Is it a video? It means the last time was a video. Yeah. And video killed the radio star. Yeah. Just make the connection, Brennan. Duh. This is I should have thought about it. And then We don't talk about music enough on this podcast because that's part of pop culture, too. We Continue. should. I love talking about music. I know you do. This um, is why we have a pop culture podcast. Fine. <laughs> Next time, you decide the thing. Get off your ass and decide something. I <laughs> no, you you decided to talk about the Oscars I this know, time. I know. So I know. Uh, Remember me from Coco got nominated, and as always, the least interesting song in Coco. Yeah, but it's the one that ties in with the theme. You called this. You said it was yes. going to be this song would be the Oscar. Oh, of course. Yeah, and it's I I did mention because it's from the people who wrote Frozen mm-hmm. and not the actual Mexican people who wrote the other songs. Uh, <laughs> I remember me in the movie. I was like, "Oh, this doesn't feel mm-hmm. in tune with everything." Like, it's a fine song. Is it like? Because sometimes in in uh, Disney or Pixar or whatever movies, they'll it'll be like the characters sing a bunch of songs, and then there's one that just comes from a disembodied voice, and you're like, "This is weird." I don't know anything about Coco. Is it like a musical where the characters are singing? The characters are singing. It's yeah. actually it's. Does it, that one is that one sung by a character? Or is it? Just it like, is. Oh, it's okay. actually sung by multiple characters, okay. and it's a very important thematic thread through so, the whole thing. Mm, oh, so, mm. And there is one part, like the tear jerking moment, involves the song. Uh-huh. So of so, course, like you, you would never. So doubt, you're wrong. You would never doubt that it was nominated, <laughs> yeah. but it's the worst song in the yeah. movie. Yeah. Which has a lot of songs I really, really love, mm. and a reinterpretation of a classic Mexican folk song that is beautiful. Mm. It's so good. Uh, that wouldn't have been nominated anyway because it's not an original song. There we but 
and the the song that I really like from it is called Un Poco Loco, mm-hmm. and it's like a Spanglish pun song, and mm-hmm. it's this really charming little like noodle of a song, and of right. course it wouldn't be nominated because it's fun. And also, would it, how well would it play on stage? It would play great. Mm. I don't think so. I think it would. <laughs> anyway, and also from the greatest showman, yes. this is me, which is the also the thematic centerpiece of that movie. Mm-hmm. I have less objections to that, although I don't think it's the best song in the musical. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of the songs in the musical are the best song in the musical. Oh, I like it. Um, they're all equally perfect. Exactly. Yeah. No, they're all equally mediocre and very catchy yeah um oh boy at least i'm just glad it's not the what go ahead there is a fake opera song in the greatest showman yes because there's a part where this this is you true. talked about it where where she just sings that one song right yeah it just sounds well yeah it's just one song for the concert but it also sounds like a rejected mariah carey track like it's mm. not opera at all mm. they don't even pretend they don't have her go oh 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 which I think is the exact thing I said last time. Mm-hmm. So never mind. Mm-hmm. But uh, you did different notes last time, though. Probably. Anyway, so I'm so happy this means that probably the Broadway actress, Kiala Settle, will get to perform at the Oscars because mm-hmm. um, she does sing that song. Um, so good for her. Mm-hmm. Although I'm sad because Hugh Jackman's not involved in that song mm-hmm. and he should always perform a song at the Oscars. They should just have him sing one of the other ones. They should have him host instead of Jimmy Kimmel. That was really good when he hosted, but... Of course, the internet crapped on it because no one can host the Oscars anymore. Yeah. Because nobody, because it's the host's fault that all the jokes fall flat because the room is a bunch of people who are super nervous or bored. (sighs) Whatever. But honestly, I I liked Jimmy Kimmel. Not, not, nothing against Jimmy Kimmel. He's a good host. I'm kind of against having the same host multiple years in a row. I'm like, I get Mm. it. Unless it's uh, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. Part of it is it's really hard to get people to do it because the backlash is so strong. Yeah. The last person I think that did it where nobody complained was like Billy Crystal. And Oh boy, that was But he did it a bunch of years in a row and then by the end they were complaining about it. Yeah. No, that's fair. It's it's a tough gig. Mm-hmm. But and even Neil Patrick Harris, who was untouchable for hosting award shows, yeah. tanked. Yeah. Like just nobody Yeah. But that's it, it's an unfair room. It's a Yeah. It's a huge room. The audience will not laugh at you. What kind of jokes are you supposed to make? You're like supposed to make fun of them, but not too yeah. much. Oh God, especially this year. Award shows have been such a tightrope walk. I heard that Seth Meyers had a hard time. Yeah. I I saw parts of it. It seemed fine. But like award, like the the people on Twitter, it, it's, it's a lose-lose. Yeah. Because they expect you to constantly be talking about it. Mm-hmm. If you don't bring it up, they'll call you out on it. Mm-hmm. But if you do bring it up, they're like, you shouldn't have brought it up in that way. Yeah. yeah or yeah. made light of it. And it's like, we're supposed to be enjoying this. Yeah. Again, I, I may need to not ever be on Twitter. I just can't deal with how nitpicky it is. It's like, oh, God. No, yeah. Uh, well, whatever. Hopefully, Ellen takes a selfie or something. Or yeah. Whatever. That um, was a great moment. And then, of course... There's the backlash to it. Was there? Yeah, of course. Sure there Look was. at all these people trying to act like they're real people. Okay, whatever. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really liked Jimmy Kimmel hosting mm-hmm. last year. I thought his little thing where he was making fun of Matt Damon and We Bought a Zoo was really funny. Yeah. It's like, it's, every line is just so effortful. <laughs> you can see how hard he's trying. <laughs> uh, that is... 
maybe the most endearing part about Matt Damon is that he has let that little joke go on for oh, all yeah. these years and played along with it and had so much fun with it. It's like, man, what a guy. Oh, yeah. Matt Damon, if you're listening, I also want to be best friends with you. It It's not your fault. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay. I that's think that's, that line in Goodwill Hunting. I've never seen Goodwill Hunting. Don't tell anyone. Okay. That you know what? That's one that's of my a, sister's favorite movies. Okay, too. so that's a that's exactly the kind of movie that doesn't hold up once it's nominated for an Oscar. You okay. go and see it, and you're like, "What?" Because it's a simple little cute, like funny. It's not super dramatic. There's a couple really dramatic scenes, uh-huh. but for the most part, it's about these like Boston guys hanging out. And one of them's really smart, and there's a lot of laughs. Like it's a fun movie to watch. So I saw it after the Oscars. Oh, okay. And then I watched it, and I was like, "I don't get it." And then for some reason I was able to kind of like slough that off and be like, I really liked it, but I don't see why it got nominated for oh. everything. And it got nominated for everything because it was good and it was cute and like, well, but it was such a big deal that year. Look at these two wonderkins. And yeah. Like, oh yeah. They were the talk of the town. Yeah. And, and you know, I, it was like my freshman year in college. So I was in the thick of like theater major stuff. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, I don't know. But I, good. I'm really worried that that thing is going to happen to the greatest showman once it wins and people are going to watch it. And when it wins what? Best picture. Oh, okay. It's nominated for best picture. Yeah. And Hugh Jackman's going to be like, <laughs> I'm Australian. <laughs> the story of PT Bonham is really important to me. That's good. Uh, Australian is my best worst accent. Yeah. Wolverine. Um, yeah. Did you redo? I was in, Oh, it's gone. It went away. <laughs> that turned into Channing Tatum in Kingsman, The Golden Circle. Oh, man. He's not in that movie for real. No, he is not. I did not expect that. He does but I get was to do a little happy. dance, though. I was really happy he wasn't in that movie for very oh, long yeah. because he he was not doing a great job. <laughs> uh, whatever. I um, liked that movie. Yeah. I bought it. Oh. Without seeing it. I took a gamble. Okay. So, like, Did you ever do that? Where you're like, I don't know, it's $6 to rent it or 12 bucks to buy it. Might oh, as well I, buy it. I don't. I don't do that on like the computer mm. because I don't digitally own movies. Because right, 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 right. I'm it's, eighty it years old. Count. No, it just feels weird. It's like, where is it? Mm-hmm. No, I have the exact same feeling, except it's on Amazon. Amazon's not going anywhere. Uh, I don't trust them. <laughs> but um, I bought both of those. Movies, okay, the Kingsman. The movies. first Kingsman is great. I love that movie. Yeah, and the second one is like, oh, yeah. It, it's it's v- nice. It's very sloppy yeah it's very messy yeah but enjoyable mm-hmm. and totally more is great yeah she is even though she gets nothing to do literally like the climactic finale battle she's watching it on an ipad so weird <laughs> oh man and then there's such a there's a part that's so clearly cut out of that movie like she has these two robot dogs and in the climactic battle one of them is like out of battery and you're like when did that happen <laughs> yeah like there's definitely something got cut out of this yeah it felt like yeah, that that movie had some holes. But well, like not like where I was like that doesn't make sense, but just like it feels it just you know you're watching well, and you're like uh-huh. I feel I feel like I missed something. Apparently, the first cut was like three and a half hours long, though. Yeah. So whoops. That's probably you know one of my favorite stories about that is, and it was I think it was back when you were in high school. I don't know if you were in drama yet, but two girls were in a one act. Okay. It was. One of those plays where the dialogue kind of repeats, like there's a repeat refrain type oh, of a thing, yeah. like oh, it no. goes back over okay. itself. And they started it, 
one of them said one of the lines that kind of repeats and the next girl responded with like the fourth line from the end of the show. Oh. And then they just kept, they didn't know how to go back and they kept going. So it went from like oh no, two minutes in to one minute from the end. So it was a three minute one act <gasps> instead of a 10 minute one act. Oh and I remember the lights came up afterwards and we all went, wow, I really, I feel like I missed something. <laughs> like none of us knew they skipped because they didn't react. They didn't even realize, I think, what had happened. Yeah, because like you fall into the, the track and then you're like, oh, this is what I say after this line. Yeah. And then it was just over and we were all like, oh, that felt empty. <laughs> Did you catch what it was about? I don't even know what that was. What just happened? And then it was like afterwards they came out and they were like, oh, my God, we skipped the whole thing. Oh, we my like, God. Well, we didn't know that we noticed, so that doesn't count, I guess. That's I want to say it was Vanessa. Smith? Mm-hmm. Oh. I want to say she was in it, but I don't I don't know if that's right. I don't know. Um, <laughs> anyway, and I maybe think... that's what happened with Kingsman the Golden Circle is... Yeah, they, they just I, skipped to the end. They, something, they cut something out for time, and it really made the movie feel like it had a hole in it. Yeah, and like you don't, it's it's a subconscious hole too. You're yeah, like, something. It just felt gone. Like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, I think that about wraps it mm-hmm. up. Um, let me see if I can remember our credits off the top of my head. You Ooh. can find us on Twitter, mm-hmm. Cast Party Pod. Mm-hmm. Find us on Facebook at Cast Party. Mm-hmm. You can email us somewhere, Cast Party Podcast at gmail dot com. Sure. Our theme song is "Good Day" by Tally Hall off the album Marvin's Marvelous Mechanical Museum. Yeah. Uh, I did that one. I I remember Tally Hall. They're great. Mm-hmm. Should we talk about some music? Why not? Uh, is there what music am I listening to? I'm gonna open my iTunes and see what. Good idea. Um, mainly just the Greatest Showman soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I just added something that was cool. Justin Timberlake has an album coming out. Yeah. And I'm I don't know if I'm excited about it or not. Have you heard the lead single Filthy? I haven't, but I bought it. I don't like it. Oh no. It's kind of like hair metal dubstep oh uh, i don't know i'm just not super into it this is how i operate when it comes to music bruno mars came out with his n- newest album in 2016 uh-huh i discovered it this summer oh great <laughs> and it, i was in the a, album of the summer i was out in a bar and it, and oh, what's the 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 big song uh, 24 karat magic yeah so that came on and i'm like what is this song i love this song this is so great and the guy next to me is, and i'm like how do you know all the words and he's like this is not a it's bruno mars and i was like oh that's right he came out with an album and i love everything bruno mars does and i didn't bother to listen to it it's good <laughs> i like everything he does yeah i actually i actually have a story about 24 karat magic okay. i'm not sure it's an interesting story but i'm gonna doesn't say matter it. um I we actually, can always edit it in post uh-huh <laughs> Also, I I promise we're wrapping up, but um, who cares? I know I just I do have to go at some point. Well, yeah, <laughs> after being Long Beach by six. Oh my! Yeah. Okay. Um. So, uh, la, 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 la. yeah, I was I heard it for the first time at the premiere for Get Out, which I went to. Mm-hmm. I was not invited, but I went. Nice. Um. The the civilians are allowed tickets once all the famous people have come in. Nice. So I did that. I got to pee next to Stephen Root. Who was in the movie? Oh, um, did he ask you about a red stapler? No, he did not. Okay. Um, but yeah, so Twenty Four Karat Magic played on the like little playlist that they had playing in the theater before mm-hmm. the movie started. But also, there were these 
uh, just the most annoying Hollywood types in line in front of us. And they were, you know, not invited, but they were there. Mm -hmm. And they were just talking about things and everything they found remotely funny. Mm -hmm. They were like, we should make a sketch out of that. And I was like, you guys are hilarious. (laughs) We should make a sketch out of that. Oh, my God. And then this one girl just kept singing 24 karat magic in the air. I think she was drunk. Oh, what? But, and then Mm -hmm. the song played and it's like, it's the song from the girl. (laughs) 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 It's the song from the girl. (laughs) Oh, yep. That's how it works. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Mm -hmm. Um, Catch you in two or three or four weeks. We're going to. Yeah. Two weeks. Yeah. Well, yeah. Everything comes down in a couple. We should try to talk about music. Okay. I mean, we can, it can be part of the conversation. Since yeah. it's a freewheeling pop culture conversation. Oh, come on. But <laughs> I'm I gotta make an effort to diversify our talks mm-hmm. because movies are a big part of my life, but mm-hmm. so are other things. Mm-hmm. And that's what this podcast is for. We can talk about books. That's pop culture. I guess. Yeah. I've, oh, we you talked know what? about Harry Potter, so That is true. That was a book podcast. The, Go ahead. I think I've read like one book in the past year. Because I love reading. Mm-hmm. But my eyes are dumb now, so I yeah. have to like really space it out. Um no, no, I actually read like three or four books, okay. which is not that impressive. But uh, my my Sergio, he is uh, he's an English major, mm-hmm. and he's taking a class this semester. That's they're reading all of Jane Austen's novels. Oh, okay. She wrote she wrote six of them. Yeah. Um. So they're doing all those, and I'm gonna read along with him, mm-hmm. so we can like discuss them. Because I was like, oh, that, I've never I've only read Pride and Prejudice. I'd mm-hmm. like to figure out her other stuff. So right now we're reading. I guess I only know three of them. Because they were made in the movies. All right. Hit me with them. Emma. Emma. Sense and Sensibility uh-huh. and Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. And then we've got Persuasion. Of course. Mansfield Park. Mm-hmm. And North Anger Abbey. Two of those have been made into movies, haven't they? They've all been made into TV miniseries or whatever at some point. Here's but the thing. What? My grandfather was an English professor uh-huh. and said, you can judge a man... A judge a man's character on his appreciation of Jane Austen, something Ooh, like that. I'm into that. Right. Except I've never read any of her books. Uh-oh. I've let my grandfather down. Oh, no. I never met him, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> I don't feel too guilty, but okay. I feel like I should at some point. I do. I love that line. I'm going to mm-hmm. use that. Also, I'm reading Northanger Abbey, and which is her first novel. Mm. I love it. Do you really? It's so good. Oh, good. Um, I, I think before reading any of her novels, you need to, like, I read the introduction to mm. it, and it gives a little bit of context about mm. what she's attempting to do, and what, because she, the North Andrew Abbey is a riff on the gothic romance genre that was really popular in the 1800s, Okay, and it's it's a satire of that, while being a satire of the rich culture of the time. Yeah. But I think it's still entirely relatable, which is why, like, because these books were about the women's sphere because mm-hmm. nobody wrote books about them because nobody yeah. cared about women. Mm-hmm. And this like women are reading these and they're like, these are so good. Mm-hmm. And it's just so interesting. And that sphere is totally different now. There's much less propriety and like specific rules about how women are supposed to mm-hmm. live their lives. Mm-hmm. But it still feels like it could take place in a modern high school. Like the way they're talking about boys mm-hmm. all the time. And the way that they're like, they minutely dissect their tiniest social interactions. Mm-hmm. And the characters are so funny in North Anger Abbey. Mm. Um, the main character, she hangs out with this older woman who's, I think, like an aunt. Mm-hmm. And the older, like, literally, she will only talk about dresses and how fancy other people's clothes are. Right. And there's this one guy, um, 
who's a potential suitor of hers who she hates. Mm-hmm. And he will, he's really boastful and he makes up stuff and he constantly contradicts himself. And he's introduced in this huge monologue about how much he paid for a horse. Mm. And you're like, I hate this guy so much. Yeah. It, they're really funny. Mm-hmm. I, I recommend North Anger Abbey. Um, Here's a little bit of, uh, I guess it's not so much trivia as it is I'm a dummy and didn't put two and two together. But okay. So uh, I started watching the old Pride and Prejudice miniseries. With Colin from, Firth? Yeah, with Colin okay. Firth. And I feel like I had at one point the thought like, Darcy, that's funny. Uh-oh. What a coincidence. And then later found out that Bridget Jones's Diary yeah. is based on, and he played both Mr. Darcy and whatever Darcy. Oh, that is, and I didn't put together that it was Colin Firth both times. Yeah. Huh. And, and it's the same character. And I remember as I was watching Pride and Prejudice, I was like, God, this feels a lot like his role in, <laughs> in Bridget, <laughs> in Bridget Jones. Because <laughs> uh, it's the same guy. That's hilarious. But isn't that crazy? That is weird. To play like the, the real character and then the one that like is kind of loosely based on him. Yeah. I'm trying to think of another thing that's like that, like, like if uh, George Clooney played Odysseus and then played the character in Oh Brother or Art Thou? Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to think about that. That mm-hmm. could be a good episode if there's anything else like that. Yeah. But I do have to go. You do have to go. So thank you so much, everyone. Catch you later. Mm-hmm. Dave, say your thing. Don't poop your pants. Yay. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Okay. Hi, I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio. And we're the co-hosts of Scream 101. Which is? Your premier podcast for horror movie reviews. Tell Ev- me more. Every month, we watch four horror movies based around a certain theme. Like vampires, aquatic horror, 70s proto-slashers, just different genres. Okay. I'm a huge horror nerd. He is. Sergio is not so much. Everything you tell me goes in one ear and out the other. But he's a very nice young man, and he's willing to come along this journey with me. And we can give you our two different perspectives and hopefully a couple laughs along the way. That's the dream or the plan. Come with us on this journey of joy. <laughs> on this never-ending tale. On this season of Scream 101. Find us on podpeople.me.